All right. We are live. You know, you say that every time, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that we indeed died in Thailand and we're in hell. And this is our punishment, Phoenix, Arizona, because it is so goddamn hot here. Yeah. It's unbearable, really. It's nauseating. Yeah, I've never been uh, in this kind of severe hit before. I mean, I thought I knew what hot wheel means because I lived in Texas for over a decade. But it's different, man. It's a different kind of animal. Yeah, man, the dry heat. You got to be in the shade. Mm. It's like being in a sauna all the time, even at nighttime. The only break we get from any of it is early morning from about... 5 a.m. to I'd say about 9. It's very yeah. tolerable. But shortly after that, you have a steep increase in temperature. Yeah. And there's just nothing you can do. There's no shade anywhere. There's no trees. It's pretty barren. I mean, we're in the desert here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we heard yesterday that over 600 people died. Yeah. This, this year alone. Yeah, what Crazy what number. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an absurd amount of people dying from... The heat and conditions here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of that are old people, but there's young people that die every day. Go out. We actually ran into yeah. uh, one of the guys we know, and he had suffered heat exhaustion, had to be airlifted out yeah. just just last week. So yeah, the, the heat's real. Never forget how taxing the heat is. But on to better subjects. Mm-hmm. What we're discussing this week is something that's very yeah. intriguing, fascinating, yeah. and just a joy to talk about for us. <laughs> if you could look at my shirt, you could probably have an idea about what the discussion is oh, going to surround. It almost looked like, you know, you got it for this episode. It almost looks that way, but that is not yeah. the case. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about mushrooms, primarily yes. psychedelics, but mm-hmm. specifically in regards to mushrooms because it's something... Right. You and I both have experienced together. Mm-hmm. And it's been quite an eye-opening experience, to mm-hmm. say the very least. Yeah. So. And then like, lately we've uh, we watched some documentaries on Netflix. Yeah. How to Change Your Mind. Mm-hmm. Do very you uh, interesting take on psychedelics, um, looking into different types of psychedelics and history of them. And... Um, you know, I guess his take on psychedelics. Um, yeah. I forgot his name, but he's a journalist. Very well-spoken man. Extremely well-spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, was uh, four episodes, right? Four episodes covering mm-hmm. different types of hallucinogenics and um, drugs that have been basically regulated or stigmatized to the point that we don't have mm-hmm. access to them outside of either a clinical trial or illegal means to procure these psychedelic-type drugs yeah so the first they started with in the episode was acid and it was followed Mm -hmm. by psilocybin the mushroom and then the third episode was mbma or ecstasy and then finally finishing with peyote yeah Um, the primary purpose of Mm. the episodes were to examine these medicines under just that a medicinal Mm -hmm. application right and of course some of these have been used through time as ritualistic experiences for Mm -hmm. healing yeah. Um, vision quest type things, depending on what culture and region you're in, would vary the use and basically the application of these drugs. Yeah. But we're going to start with the the one we had the most experience with, mushrooms. Yeah. So you want to mention what your first experience was like with it? Yeah, sure. Uh, it was about less than a year ago, right? Slightly has to be we went to sedona i forgot the uh, name of the route there hiking route but we were there very beautiful even before i was high uh very beautiful place and um i did one milligram first and didn't feel anything and after an hour or so or two hours you gave me uh another milligrams yeah it was, yeah, it was a gram full gram oh it was a gram, yeah, gram yeah, dried sorry. mushroom yeah whatever so I did a total of two grams, and after a little, I started to feel um, common expression about plants and surroundings, right? They seem as if they're breathing, perseating, perseating, perspiring, uh, like sweating, pulsing. or yeah. oh, pulsating, yeah, yeah pulsating. And uh, the colors become very saturated, almost unreal, 
like you don't think they're real colors, but they are. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're that's what you're perceiving. And then for for a very uh, short period of time, I could see all of my past events, especially things that are um, sad. The things that made me sad, and then I became very uh, empathetic about it, wow. almost like as a third person. I felt sore for myself, and I started to cry. And um, I mean, after that, I I felt like I I had been healed, you know. And yeah, that was pretty much it. Very eye-opening experience. Of course, second and third were uh, great in different ways, but that was my first experience. Yeah, yeah, it was profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got the, funnily enough, right, the peak of the experience mm-hmm. as we reached the peak, kind of like yeah. the plateau of that summit, mm-hmm. right? It almost felt like we talked about this, but I've always described it to people this way. The mm-hmm. closest sensation I've ever experienced or closest physical experience to the idea or concept to heaven mm-hmm. feels like being in heaven um it's an overwhelming experience yeah with a lot of positivity grant yeah people do go through these transformational experiences where they're able to empathize and like you mentioned kind of view themselves as a third person mm-hmm. so you can actually see like whoa outside of myself i can give this person empathy instead of being harsh and having all these expectations of right. them you can kind of clearly see your life through a more I would say a less biased lens right you're stripping mm-hmm. the layers and it can be overwhelmingly positive when you allow it to happen mm-hmm. and accept it um, my first experience was with my buddy and we went out in the woods I remember we packed a whole bunch of gear we we're going to go you know not camping we we're going to do an overnight but we we're going to go uh, paddle boarding and then we're going to go mm-hmm. to these islands to explore and also maybe potentially some climbing. So we had <laughs> climbing pads, inflatable kayaks, mm-hmm. or sorry, inflatable paddle boards, a ton of gear. And we're hiking up like pretty decent terrain, very rooty. Mm-hmm. And we take the mushroom right before we get there. And I remember after, as soon as we blew up the paddle board, the second it hit me was right as I got on the paddle board and mm-hmm. was fighting this wind and we're like trying to veer away from these huge rocks. And in that moment, I was like, wow, the experience I'm having right now in real life is parallel, direct parallel to the experience I'm having from this drug. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, drugs kind of a harsh word from this, from this mushroom. This is yeah. the experience. I feel like I'm battling this thing, but at the same time I have to let it take over and find the balance in it. And it was an awesome feeling this kind of juxtaposition, maybe not be the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use, this juxtaposition of, oh, there's this very real situation of I don't want to fall in the water, Mm -hmm. potentially into these rocks with all this gear, all our stuff. Yeah. And also I don't want to be drowned over this experience, this mushroom experience that's overcoming me. But for me, it was just incredibly positive. I didn't have any Mm -hmm. type of revelation or Mm -hmm. anything of that nature um yeah but just an overall extremely positive profound experience where i what i always believed was there was more to the eye Mm -hmm. there's things i just couldn't understand but i always felt like they were there and like the studying of philosophy religion Mm -hmm. theology all the things in my life that i've always been trying to understand Mm -hmm. it finally felt like i broke that barrier like it allowed me to access that part that i always knew was there like mm-hmm. and very was open like explaining to people i believe there's something there that we just can't explain we don't right. have the means to and it revealed that to me mm-hmm. and fucking awesome experience just yeah incredibly wholesome incredibly wholesome mm-hmm. it seems to be if you listen to a lot of people's experiences with mushrooms for the first time especially in the right setting and set it seems to be that there are common themes or features that uh, take place during the mushroom trip, which is one, I think, okay, again, this is on average, uh, according to a lot of experiences or stories that I've heard. The first thing is ego death, right? Mm. I think that seems to be the common 
um, thing to happen for a lot of people in the right setting. And second is that because of that ego death, it allows you to access very vulnerable part of yourself, which you even unconsciously, subconsciously refuse to access to. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think it's ego death is a great explanation. And if the ego doesn't get killed entirely, it gets mm-hmm. severely injured mm-hmm. in a way that's never the same again. Yeah. Of course, this may vary with people, but I'd say nine out of ten mm-hmm. experiences that people have or the ones I've heard about are this, again, ego injury, ego death. Mm-hmm. And ego is just another form of consciousness. It's essentially how we identify ourselves. Right. Big right? part of ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the construct of our identity can be ego. Mm-hmm. So when this thing becomes injured, I, I think it becomes injured by realizing there's so many different forms of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Once you have the experience of the mushroom, you have the awareness that there's a consciousness external to yourself, you know, and in that moment you get to be in that consciousness to examine right. your ego and challenge it. Yeah. And then the ego is kind of fractured mm-hmm. in that experience or, you know, it's, disjoint it mm-hmm. and from that disjointedness it gives you a potential and a place to grow from mm-hmm. because you can see almost clearly right the things mm-hmm. that were holding you back the good things as well the strengths you know the weaknesses it's not just highlighting the failures it's also mm-hmm. highlighting your abilities and your strength and yeah. allows you to more easily access access those things and mm-hmm. those attributes yeah. And that's just an incredibly overwhelming sensation because it mm-hmm. makes you feel capable once again. Right. And of course, this can vary from person to person, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that level of capability is only to the degree of seeing that, oh shit, there's stuff in my life I need to change. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing you get from that trip. Yeah. Maybe it's not actually the action to go and the power to go do it, but the realization, the yeah. initial necessary first step yeah. to realize, yeah, there's things in my life that I don't want. I don't need, I don't have to hold on to anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is seen in the the series through all these different type of drug treatments Mm -hmm. that they're almost like a panacea. They can treat a whole bunch of different type of effects. PTSD, OCD, Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Dealing with death, people that are terminally ill. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of potential and benefits to these drugs in these extreme cases. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of those extreme cases can be the hyper representation of our minor experiences of it. You know, things we call normal, the way we handle people and ourselves Mm -hmm. and our relations to ideas and concepts. And the, the benefit of it can't be overstated. I don't think, I I, I don't think it should be. I think there's a lot of hesitation to discuss psychedelics and the properties for two reasons Mm -hmm. i mean they're illegal right and then second they've been propagandized against right heavily right so Mm -hmm. there's a group of people that use them recreationally entirely and i'm not even shitting on that i don't think there's anything even necessarily wrong with that i think there's still power in that Mm -hmm. recreational use of it but it does seem because those people are so counterculture in the sense that you know, they're so contrasting to what we know as normality mm-hmm. that instantly society, societal level consciousness or societal level ego is in direct odds with that and will mm-hmm. protect itself against that and try to push it out of the mainstream, mm-hmm. try to silence it. You know, then maybe we get onto the societal level or the governmental level. You know, if this is opening people's eyes and ideals and mindsets to maybe a different way to live life it's in direct direct opposition to the control and the structure of these systems Mm -hmm. we use to navigate our lives yeah so there's there's a strong resistance right i think in almost every level to prevent people from Mm -hmm. experiencing these things because it breaks the chains of conformity Mm -hmm. because it allows you to actually see them for what they are and sometimes some of those things you see as good things Mm -hmm. you still maintain belief in a lot of your value mm-hmm. systems but other ones you may adjust and modify right and i i when i was watching it i i was really mad especially because okay maybe this is this shouldn't be for um 
if it is not allowed for recreational use, okay, I'm okay with it, you know, as of now, at least. But at least it should be open to, fully open to um, the possibility, is possibility for medicinal use, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. I was really mad. I mean, there are so many people who can benefit from mushrooms and psychedelics. Yeah, yeah, a ton of people. Mm -hmm. And again, this is the other problem with the narrative that the society will tell us is that, mm -hmm. Hey, you look, dude. You're not sick. You don't have any. You don't have PTSD. You don't have severe depression. Yeah. You don't have strong addiction. You don't need this drug. But I would argue that we're all suffering from some type of illness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it may not be to the extreme level. Mm -hmm. Like I may not have a broken leg, but maybe it's actually injured. And it's hard to walk. Right. Mm -hmm. So how are you to tell me that my injury does not warrant the use of this thing? Yeah. You know, by even classifying it as a medicine that can only treat certain things, we are also limiting its potential, I right. feel. So I, I understand it's kind of, we've got to bridge that gap. We've got to overcome a lot of our societal biases and mm -hmm. slowly but surely get over this hump. I don't know if we ever will because apparently, as we saw in these shows, that these were mainstream at one point, right? Mm -hmm. And there was an active measure to silence and kind of... Mm -hmm destroy the movement yeah um yeah it was uh i think it it is attested in um many other countries because it is illegal in most of the countries right at least we know um as you've mentioned earlier uh it could be a direct threat to the authority right that's why it is illegal and partially because i think personally think that because of um, a lack of understanding yeah of it yeah. Yeah, it's it's it could be entirely destabilizing to regimes. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is why we see a lot of Native American indigenous cultures that use these medicines completely demolished. Maybe it's purely just because of this one use of this medicine mm -hmm. or these types of medicines that have psychedelic properties that grant us to another realm of interconnectedness or consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, that is just entirely in opposition to mm -hmm. even maintaining a regimented structure mm -hmm. such as this. Um, yeah. Whether or not it is intentional by the government, yeah. it is clear that the use of benefit of psychedelics has some features that can be uh, threatening to uh, the authorities. Yeah. Yeah. Such as um, this universal connection of yourself yeah. with everything mm -hmm. right yeah yeah so. i mean it's fucking surreal mm -hmm. incredibly surreal because you can get these feelings and this understanding through other things you know you listen to a good song you feel connected to the person writing it conceptually you feel tied together you understand what they're saying to a degree mm -hmm. or you see a good movie or you read a good story or whatever experience you have you can get this very real sense of connectedness and oneness, um, the universal or the underlying universal subconsciousness that we heard about the other day or how they described it. Uh, what was Collective that? unconsciousness. Collective unconsciousness. It mm -hmm. allows you to tap into that. You can have mm -hmm. your experiences in your life to get these things. But here is a drug, a medicine. Mm -hmm. I don't really like calling it a drug or a medicine. Here is a mushroom. Here is something in nature mm -hmm. you can eat and take. And you will immediately have it way more than any of those experiences will give you. Like instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other means of achieving it or getting it are through either deep introspection or fucking high level adventure, I guess, or experience or very unique experience. Mm -hmm. Very difficult to get this kind of experience without spending a lot of time free time in your life to have it yeah and then it's not even to this level it's so different not to say it's necessarily better but i would definitely say the initial experience is um life-changing yeah it's absolutely. totally life-changing mm -hmm. you'll start to be able to see that there are things you totally cannot understand that 100 percent exist mm -hmm. and are affecting everyday reality for you right <laughs> yeah that's the common um comment about the experience by a lot of people that it's life-changing. Yeah. And the one thing that really surprised me uh, was that this usage for uh, certain people who have P 
PTSD seems to be that the benefit is permanent. The guy who was interviewing mm. in the documentary, it's been few years since his first experience, and he doesn't see have this negative symptoms that he used to have. So that was really surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just speaks to the power of it. Maybe it gives you the tools to realize mm-hmm. just the initial breakthrough, and then you can rely on yourself entirely. This isn't something yep. you need to continually do or repeatedly subject yourself to. Not to say that would be negative. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think that would be an entirely positive experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, that alone could encourage people to be like, "Hey, look, you only got to try this once." Yeah. You know, at least just try it once, see what the experience is like, and then go from there. Yeah. 100%. But <laughs> we're about uh, over 20 minutes in. Uh, so, so th- this is the end of uh, For Short Virgin. So, um, thanks for listening. Get out there and <laughs> have fun in your life. Yeah. Uh, I'm not suggesting you do anything. Right. Of course, yeah. Um, we cannot do that. It's illegal. Yeah, I um, would never suggest. I don't know. You making do... making a suggestion is illegal. Uh, who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. But, Expand your mind. Expand right. your consciousness. <laughs> I mean, just check out those documentaries, and they're you know great literature today. Yeah, I think you know. So, how to change your mind on Netflix streaming now? Four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't make it, so not our fault. All right, thank <laughs> All right, you, guys. See you guys. Bye. Hello, our paid members of Patreon. Thank mm. you for supporting us in our show. Yeah, thanks you to you that we can actually mm-hmm. do this every day. Yeah, seriously. Right? Yeah. I mean, even if you weren't here, we'd still be doing it because we're psychopaths <laughs> that have taken mushrooms <laughs> and don't know anything about anyone. Yeah, here we are. Mm-hmm. Day after day. Grinding. Grinding these <laughs> fingers, these bones <laughs> down to dust for you. <laughs> Our paid members. Lee, if you're out there, mm-hmm. wherever you are. I hope you can hear me. I can hear you, buddy. Yeah, but who knows if he's listening to this episode. Mm. Lee, if you listen to this episode, give us a call. Let's catch up. All right, sorry. Enough shout-outs to our paid members. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to talk about with the psychosyllabin? 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 Psilocybin. Thank Mm. you. Wow. I don't know. I will... uh, the, one of the most interesting parts of the, to me personally, of the documentary was toward the end, they were saying that they were talking about Eleusinian Mysteries. Um, the what? what? Eleusinian Mysteries, right? Um, that caught my eye. Because possibly they were saying that um, all the great thinkers, not all the great, some of the great thinkers were initiates of the Mysteries. Plato, Socrates... So what do yeah. they do in this ritual? So uh, it was um, in Athens, obviously. And the reason this has been uh, discussed so many times uh, with excitement is that because of the drink they had in the ritual called uh, kaikion, uh, which is made of uh, barley, mint, and water. Barley, and, you yeah, say? And because of the presence of Argot in it, uh, people believe that it had um, hallucinogenic effects. Wow. So that's why people are so curious about it. Yeah. And yeah. So it is possible that even Plato and Socrates and great philosophers at that time um, maybe came up with a certain ideas that we know today uh, with the help of mushrooms wow it's crazy but it makes total sense (laughs) if you've had the experience of mushrooms you could understand how that would totally be a gateway into Mm -hmm. new types of thinking yeah totally profound types of thinking you know you mentioned people from such ancient times but yeah let's let's talk about some of the people in recent years that have been a part of it yeah walt disney yeah john lennon you know, just to name a couple, but total iconic mm-hmm. cult figures that have changed the very course of history. A lot of these people have engaged in some type of psychedelic use. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Um, um, so, yeah, we'll talk about basically the origin mm-hmm. for the U.S. side of how we got into psilocybin. Uh, Maria Sabina Magdalena Garcia. Mm-hmm. She was a 
Mazatec Corindera, I believe is how you pronounce it. A, bit, yeah. a shaman and a poet. And she lived in southern Mexico, Waka. And she basically became a hiller because she had shamans in her family. Mm-hmm. And from the early age of eight, she had started doing mushrooms and experiencing these trips. Eight years old. Eight years old. That's crazy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> More enlightened than you and I. Yeah. And wow. it's said that she intuitively developed mm-hmm. the knowledge of rituals and how to help people through these healing experiences. Mm-hmm. So she was a pretty big deal. And she gained a lot of popularity. And this is in, you know, the uh, mid-1900s, like 1950s. And so a lot of people would go to see her eventually it caught on there was a lot of anthropologists famous mm-hmm. figures coming to see her to try this you know this what is this yeah. drug this mushroom which by the way they called the holy children <laughs> interestingly enough that's in what their they language were. yes mm-hmm. mushrooms for the holy children and so slowly but surely popularity grew and she wouldn't take payment you know there was no payment requested it was only voluntary donation mm-hmm. but with anything how it goes people find this cool new thing and there's always going to be people that are not interested in maybe the more ritualistic religious experience of it mm-hmm. so they went there and started setting up shop for more of the recreational use of these things and it kind of destroyed the culture and the re- there was a lot of people upset you know a lot of people in the town were very right. upset that she kind of sold out is a mm-hmm. sacred thing blah, blah blah one thing leads to another and she died homeless i believe you know something like like that destitute Mm -hmm. so very unfortunate situation but she was willing to risk it all so that other people could have this experience Mm -hmm. and it's because of that largely that we now understand you know the properties and yeah the profound interest to her i'm sure there's I don't know the entire history of mushrooms, obviously, right? right? I'm only going off the research I've done. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot more, but that was one of the mar- primary components in the 20th century, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think somewhere uh, during Neolithic time, probably it happened um, with the start of, with the beginning of cultivation, I mean, farming, probably. And when I was watching that, particularly that episode, I was thinking that because I've been reading this uh, um book about archaeology and um, uh, about the modern narrative, the modified narrative of origin of human. And they were talking about this recent evidence really points to strong association between women and botanical knowledge. And it it makes sense because the plant-based knowledge is more than production of food or pigments and things of that nature, but also a development development of fiber-based crafts. So textiles and basketry and cordage were likely developed uh, in parallel with the cultivation of edible plants. Mm. So it kind of makes sense. What is, why is it her rather than him? Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, that would totally add up. I... I'm sure it varies from culture to culture, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of cool to point that out because oftentimes I think we do falsely conflate our current reality with the way things in the past were. Mm-hmm. We can mis we can easily misrepresent or misunderstand history. Yeah. Whether that's because somebody wrote the book who had a bias or mm-hmm. we just didn't have enough data, whatever it is. But I think yeah, it's fucking dope as hell. Yeah. A woman. <laughs> yeah, there's another evidence actually in Athens, and and I think this ties to the story of Eleusinian uh, mysteries, is that at Plato actually there's a little passage that he wrote criticizing this practice, but there was this uh, festive speed speed farming um, called the Gardens of Adonis. It's basically during the uh, really hot summer, nothing grows, right? So women fashioned this uh, um, little pots and baskets that have like mixture of um, uh, fast sprouting herbs and grains basically and then they left them um, on the roof uh, wilting the sun right and then uh, this was really interesting because it has um, it was basically only women's 
participated event. Oh, really? Yeah. And which also kind of it looks like at that time it was fra- uh, it was um, being frowned frowned upon. Yeah. Why was it? Why did it criticize? Well, because there was this was uh, not a state sponsored event, but there was state sponsored event that has to do with Demeter at the time. Oh, so yeah. this is kind of like an independent, separate from the state, and that was yes. maybe the problem with yeah. it. More of a like playing, almost like fest uh, festival. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. And then possibly some ecstatic um, behavior as well during the ritual, what, what like do you mean? uncontrolled what do you drunkenness mean? and things of that nature. Yeah, uncontrolled drunkenness. <laughs> wow, yeah. sounds like a party to me. Yeah, could have been there for that. I think the fundamental mm-hmm. joy of these types of experiences, the hallucinogenic experience, is that mm-hmm. it really challenges the convention of consciousness yeah. in the way we think about it. Right. And reveals... It almost It's almost like magic. It puts you under a spell in which you no longer can view everything the same anymore. Everything is different. Everything is new, all simultaneously the same. I, it's very difficult to describe, but having read some anthropological claims and books yeah. of people working with sorcerers or brujas, um, I totally understand why they describe these experiences as magic Mm-hmm. and why early cultures describe it as magic. I still don't think that's necessarily a misrepresentation because there are so many so many inputs that occur that you're so aware of mm-hmm. in that experience that you feel there's no way science could ever do a good job of explaining this. There's just too much data, and you become instantaneously... I shouldn't say instantaneously, like it's a process, but you become very aware of all these inputs. And it's like, oh, shit, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course the quantitative is not enough to describe this. Of course we can't. This is a qualitative process. Yeah, the experience is largely qualitative. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're doing the studies to find Mm -hmm. out which parts of the brain, what's happening, but still that falls so short of explaining what the experience is like for the individual. Yeah, those uh, observable data and phenomena are a tip of iceberg, really. Yeah, you know, even without even without talking about this psychedelic experience, when we're talking about talking about even qualitative experiences such as uh, colors, smells, and things of that nature, it's hard to quantify the experience, the the the, the nature of the experience. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we can really explain well in our language of the psychedelic experience it's yeah. hard to explain really mm-hmm. yeah we do our best but like i said um in my language if someone asks anyone asks me about the psychedelic experience it's like you know neo in the matrix may uh taking the blue pill is that red pill or blue pill that it takes it takes the red pill red pill yeah it's like that yeah. you're just you enter completely new world yeah yeah it's, it's like that it is 100 thousand percent like that (laughs) it is absolutely like that and i'm sure there's people that take that pill Mm -hmm. and uh they're like i forget the the character's name but Mm -hmm. wants nothing more than to go back to the matrix he's willing to do everything he can all he wants to do is go back to being there and he wants to forget that he was ever not there Mm -hmm. yeah there i guarantee you there's people that take that that mushroom experience that psychedelic experience and they're like fuck this i wish i never did that i wish mm-hmm. i never had it oh yeah because it reveals to you you don't know shit about fuck son <laughs> <laughs> you think you had it all put together yeah. and here it is this little unsuspecting mushroom is suddenly blowing your mind mm-hmm. metaphysically metaphorically and almost literally i mean yeah. there's a chemical process so literally blowing your mind very powerful very powerful mm-hmm but it gives you the option. What are you going to do with that knowledge? Yeah. What are you, what are you, how, are you, how are you going to change your life? 
You, do you really think this is real? Did this just really occur? Mm-hmm. You know, for the, the days coming, is it going to wane off? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like you mentioned, the one guy who had issues and went through the experience several, you know, a fair amount of time of passing. He was still under the very real changes that yeah. were started. You know, that was the spark that mm-hmm. led to this very real change. Right. So I don't even, I kind of got circular there, but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, there are a lot of things to talk about and then, and uh, a lot of things we still don't know. I mean, we're understanding still uh, because we're interested, man. I mean, I, because of that experience that I had and you had, right? The personal experience really got me into this, looking into it, you know, and accidentally you know like i said the lucinian mysteries we we mm-hmm. ran into it accidentally i didn't even know about it and that got me more into it you know <laughs> yeah yeah amazing yeah and it's it's just funny how different the experience because it wasn't like don't get me wrong the experience was mm-hmm. awesome every time i have that experience it's wonderful and amazing and enlightening and like enlightenment but it wasn't for me mm-hmm. a he, it was. It felt like it was something I always knew, and it just got confirmed. Mm-hmm. And that was the really cool part. It was like, oh fuck, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Now it's confirmed, and the freedom and that confirmation. Because there are still things, you know, mm-hmm. aspects you're wrong about, or you're mistaken, or you don't clearly understand. But the illumination that came from it, it was like mm-hmm. my entire life had a whole light shined on it, mm-hmm. and it's like, fuck, wow, made me feel like destiny is real. Yeah. Like it's all destiny, fate. Kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah, kind of crazy. It's I very mean, crazy. You can say that someone may say that. Oh, it's just fantasies you're experiencing. It's not real. But when you get into that state, it doesn't mean it doesn't even matter what is real anymore. Also, because I mean, what you're experiencing is real. Yeah. How are we gonna say anything's real or not real? They're all mm. processes or chemical experience. They can all be reduced. We yeah. can be reductionist to the degree of everything and say that's just a byproduct of X, Y, Z. Doesn't change anything. I mean, we're, yeah. uh, real or unreal, even if yeah. you're playing a video game, you're having an experience. That's yeah. a real experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're not uh, affecting a medium, a physical medium in the traditional sense, but mm-hmm. you're still having a very real experience with that thing. Right. The experience changes that occurring. leads to a profound understanding of about your life yeah for me the first experience really like i said i was i became very empathetic about myself but like at core at its core what i was the understanding that i got is that you know i have entire my life i kind of suffered the idea of not being loved right Mm -hmm. because of lack of mother and you know uh, abusing things of that nature in my life but that just I saw all the events that happened to me and what I was feeling after really feeling that um, empathy toward myself was that it's not your fault yeah it's okay uh, fucking you know that mushroom goodwill hunting you <laughs> that understanding is a will that's what I'm saying you know it doesn't mm-hmm. matter the saturated colors and breathing trees it's not about that it really gives you that profound understanding. It can. Again, I'm not dismissing all the bad trips. It can happen. But again, that uh, those Harvard professors, uh, they came up with this idea, set and setting. It has to be right, set and setting to experience mm-hmm. these positive things. But anyway, the point is, it's not only the experience that, you know, that matters here. The experience that leads you to a profound understanding yeah therefore yeah. it less yeah and also why are people getting their panties in a bunch about how people arrive to these truths mm. like bro do you really fucking care that somebody had to go hang out in the woods and eat a mushroom to arrive to this like fucking good for them yeah you know how i had to get to that understanding like self-love and all that yeah fucking through years of stoicism pain mm-hmm. grief loss you know, going therapy, this super deep introspection. I'm an incredibly yeah. introspective person. I have been my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's just not, that's not feasible time-wise. Mm-hmm. I would much prefer that people never have to go down the route or the path I took to arrive to 
you know, some, some, I guess some areas of enlightenment, I would call it. Yeah. Like I'm fucking stoked that somebody could go potentially just take something and have a total change of life. Yeah. And I'm, am I supposed to like feel bad? Like, Oh man, they didn't have mm-hmm. to work for it. They don't have to work to get there because they can take a drug or they can take a medicine or like, bro, that's some fucking mm-hmm. bullshit. Like if you yeah. feel that way about anything, um, you probably got some, some ego issues going on, you know, mm-hmm. probably some like deep issues that you don't want other people to find life satisfaction. <laughs> like seriously, you got some problems, dude. <laughs> like you're not on the right path. You're trying to gatekeep people from enjoying right. this potential thing. Yeah. More than anything, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, who, who who are you, man? <laughs> I know this is quite radical thought, but I thought that what, this is a fucking plants, dude. Just why do you? I don't understand. These are plants, you know, that naturally grow out grow outside. Yeah. What the fuck is illegal? <laughs> <laughs> Weed included, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't let's not let's forget yeah. a little brother in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a biologist or a botanist, but it always kind of, like, like I'm just blown away that these plants, especially, not animals, but plants have those miraculous properties. You know, properties. It's crazy, yeah. dude. It's crazy. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if there's any kind of meat out there, or maybe what an insect that can make you trip. I don't know. It seems yeah, unlikely, right? We should right? probably look into it, but, I mean, we know that in Nepal, there's uh, psychedelic honey. <laughs> but that has to do with the probably flower, plants yeah. as well flowers right yeah. yeah pulling it from so the source uh, is still plants but it's just amazing that i kind of it has to do with their um uh biological process right breathing i mean obviously very different from animals taking in co2 and then breathing out oxygen yeah photosynthesis, uh, photosynthesis as well i mean probably that's the primary reason, I, I if I have to guess, I, I don't know. But animals, it's just kind of puzzling that we're all from, you know, same same place, same materials, basically. Not the same exactly, but very similar. Yet, animals do not have those properties. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, it kind of lends itself to the belief that we need mm-hmm. each other to work together. Kind of the idea that maybe a lot of the evolutionary process for humans came from mm-hmm. maybe people eating the mushroom that's been theorized mm-hmm. or having this psych- psychedelic experience yeah and then evolving from there right yeah it's i could totally see that i think even if we can't even if we're not going to physiologically evolve mm-hmm. um sociologically speaking the power of the mushroom yeah a, soci- a sociological evolution yeah which will then affect everything because it affects culture it affects mm-hmm. science affects the way we just interact and view the world and how we're going to chop it up and categorize it. Mm-hmm. I think we have largely miscategorized most things in life yeah. to our detriment. And again, I'm not saying this is um, anybody's necessarily fault. I think the world as a whole, societal level, has the same issues we face as people. Yeah. We're born into the world and we believe the first thing we're told. You know, so science, yeah, man, yeah, pretty good first iteration. A lot of these things, like these are mm-hmm. pretty pretty good first iterations, but we got to maybe evolve and expand or fucking completely scrap some ideas yeah. and create new uh, sciences that merge kind of yeah. with this qualitative data and experiences. Yeah. Um, then I think we'll have, I think that's the evolution we can have. Yeah. It'd be cool to see what that evolution would look like, mm-hmm. that progress. Yeah, and then, you know, even with, uh, I guess, full understanding, at least... Um, empirical data shows that it can be very beneficial for mm-hmm. those people who have PTSD and we just mentioned it or, uh, earlier but I think you know empirical data is real too it's a scientific yeah. man I mean it doesn't have to be really uh, to the point where we have to understand everything about uh, those substances yeah. we don't have to you yeah. know empirical data is also very scientific man I mean we can start with medicinal use and then go from there I mean, the benefit is clear here, very clear. Yeah. I mean, based on what we've seen, the documentaries, you know. Yeah. It just seems uh, wrong to even start with just medicinal use to me. That mm. seems that seems wrong. I'm just talking about it more realistically. You know, I don't think it is likely that the government will lift the ban right away. <laughs> the government lies 
altogether. Uh, they, de- they decriminalized it, yes. I believe, what in was it, Oregon, Portland? right? Portland, yeah. yeah. I think you... Yeah, for sure. You can't buy it, right? You can't go somewhere and buy right. it, but you can have mm-hmm. it. You can consume it. It's no issue. Yeah. That's what's up. We should yeah. move to Portland. <laughs> what up, PDX? <laughs> Keep Portland weird. We were in Austin before. No, let's go to Portland. <laughs> Keep Portland weird. Yeah. Only state, right? As far as we know. Oh, yeah. Oregon's the only state as far as I know. Okay. Cool. I'm sweating my hands. He's getting nervous. Nervous. Know. You hear that? The cops? You hear that? Sirens? Are they coming to get us? <laughs> the thought police? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was I, I want to talk about the Eleusinian mysteries a little bit. When I was reading it, I was like, okay, this is exactly the summary of psychedelic experience. The whole point of all this is that you come to, you know, uh, um, figuratively, you experience death and come to life. It gives you the sense of it's all going to be fine. No fear of death. Life goes on. I think that's the whole part of this mysteries. Looks like we don't have anything. We don't know anything about it. <laughs> Other than those uh, specifics about the mysteries, the rituals. Uh, because um, the if you speak about the truth uh, or the content of the ritual, that was a crime punishable by death. Wow. <laughs> so uh, there's a story that uh, Alcibiades... Uh, the beloved student of Socrates, uh, he was doing the play of uh, the ritual in his home. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Also, uh, unlike the uh, exclusive nature of the ritual uh, about its content and truth, it was very egalitarian that it was open to men, women, even slaves and children. And even though it was... Um, uh, it took place annually um, during, I think, close to September. Um, it could be done if someone wishes. Yeah, it wow. didn't have to be an annual event. Wow, that's yeah. cool. So you could basically mm-hmm. request yeah. the ritual? Yes. Wow. Yes. The participation of the annual event was not uh, um, required, but if you wish to experience it, then uh, you could have requested wow. it. Let's get a time machine. I'm ready to go back. I want to experience this. Yeah. But again, we're not sure whether or not that um, drink drink had that psychedelic effect. Yeah. We're not sure. Yeah. Well, I think they found some chalices with like mm-hmm. Uriah and all that that still maintained yeah. the hallucinogenic property, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you can extrapolate. Potentially. And I, Uriah, potentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You can never say for sure. Of course not. Never can. <laughs> but. Right. It's fun to ponder and think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So do, would that do, be your uh, would that be the place and time you would go if you have a time machine? Oh, there's so many places I'd go, but yeah, that'd mm-hmm. be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. If I could go trip with Socrates, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going. <laughs> See you guys. Or it'd be even cooler if you could bring those things with you to go. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go hang out with Nietzsche. I'm bringing some mushrooms. I'm going to hang out That'd with. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Kant. Hey, bro. Yo, check out these mushrooms. Wow. I'd be like, mm, you got some wow. deep thoughts now, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we would do this after a seminal work, though. What those geniuses could have done with, with the help of psychedelics. Uh, well, here's the other. Maybe they did. I don't know. But here's the. Other, uh, that's what I'm saying. Here's the other problem. Mm-hmm. So much of it's been, well well regulated or mm-hmm. you know fear of death if you use some of these substances how could you ever write if you were the one to use it you would never write that you would never publish yeah a, a lot of people didn't publish things because they were afraid of retaliation for true. the time period and culture mm-hmm. and maybe that's why we wiped out these indigenous people is because yeah. our cultures were so at odd and we literally just couldn't understand them mm-hmm. that we would say oh they were barbaric there were all these negative connotations Purely by right. contrast, because we couldn't understand where they were operating from the base level. Maybe they built their society in a way based on the truths they experienced in this mm-hmm. thing. You know, yeah. so there's a very there's a very real clash of interest here. Mm-hmm. And rather than being inclusive and trying to understand, yeah. we silenced, killed, performed genocide, yeah, did all like these it. horrible things that may have served 
the world and the evolutionary process of man yeah. in humanity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it was in the documentary too that the Spanish colonists killed all the peyotes and then the rituals, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's because, I mean, it's pretty clear that because those rituals of that experience is associated with the god or religion that is that is not theirs. Right, so for them, it's clear that okay, we gotta kill this. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't exactly. serve our control narrative. Right. Which, I mean, I almost feel like somebody's telling you you can't do something. Mm-hmm. They're fucking a slave master. They're trying to fuck yeah. you over somehow. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I can't do that? What do you care? What do you mean I can't go jump off this fucking mountain? What if yeah. I die? Yeah. Where's my freedom? <laughs> you know. I, Everybody that says you can't do something is restricting you of freedom. Right. Don't get me wrong. There should be good explanations as to why maybe you shouldn't engage or do something. But the more you examine it, almost all of them, the more you kind of see like, oh, they're just boxing me and controlling me and kind of telling me I can only be one certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fucking hard pill for me to swallow. (laughs) I'm not okay with it. Yeah. I think that's uh, all we got for the mushroom trip today. The mushroom yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah. Um, maybe we can have another episode with oh different aspects of the discussion. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's other psychedelics out there to discuss. Right. As far as you know, uh, so far we know LSD, psych- I mean, based on the documentary, LSD, uh, psilocybin, MDMA, yeah. and peyote. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where MDMA doesn't have, my understanding, any psychedelic experience, but mm-hmm. still very real beneficial. Right. The uh, I don't know if it was MDMA or LSD that they were saying that uh, its mechanism is different it's from MDMA, that of yeah. uh, psilocybin, which uh, opens this pathway to uh, produce basal serotonin, whereas the other MDMA, um, instead of opening the pathway, just um, gives, I think, produce, uh, not produces, uh, activates more serotonin, something like that, right? Yeah. So there are two different mechanisms, but has very similar effects. Yeah, and then the different parts of the brain that are lit yeah. up during the process. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. To think about. But uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions about uh, what we talked about today or anything else, just let me know or let us know. Um, and that's it for uh, this week. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Bye. Peace.